Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hello and welcome into episode 24 of Upon Further Review. I'm Kevin Sherrington. I'm Barry Horn. And out in Seattle is... is The birthday boy. The birthday boy. Look at that. Look at that. Passive aggressiveness. He wants to make sure everybody knows this is... He's afraid you and I wouldn't bring it up. Are you? I think he's put a sign outside his window in Seattle. It's my birthday. It's my Wish birthday. me happy birthday. Happy birthday. It's uh, Thursday. Let's tell everybody it's Thursday. And so it's happy Thursday birthday to our favorite Ranger beat writer, Evan Grant. Who is? Well, one of your favorites. How old, how old is he now? Evan, how old are you? Um, Come on. I am 50 years old. 50. 50. We're going to start 50. calling you 50 Cent. And here, here's, here, here's the worst part about that. You're the youngest of the three of us, by far. By far. Barry has already gone over well, the threshold. Brian, Brian's got to be younger than all of Brian, us. Brian, so. Brian Ellidge, our producer. Brian, how old are you now? He's 46. 46? You don't look a day over 45. Boy. All right, let's talk Rangers. Oh, let's, let's talk do Rangers. It. All right, Evan, let's let's talk about the, the the Rangers now. They 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 lost. This is of course we're we're recording this before the afternoon game on Thursday, so we, we can't go over that. But we're going to talk a little bit about the fact that they lost last night seven. Uh, it's a classic Rangers. Up, they're down. They're up, they're down. The offense comes and goes, and and uh, we never can uh, predict what it's going. Let's to talk be. about the Astros. Let's talk about the future. Let's talk about the big weekend series, the seven games they have with the Astros. E- Evan, what are you? Are you <laughs> mixing <laughs> drinks there or something? What are He's you doing? Gargling. <laughs> I no, I um, I'm sorry. I was folding up a bag of peanuts to take to the ballpark with me. <laughs> they sell them at the ballpark. <laughs> You go into Costco before the games and loading up with all your snacks? Holy I cow. Try to concentrate, to it, could you? Concentrate. Okay, listen. You you want to talk about the fact that the uh, that the Astros and the Rangers, what they got left on the rest that's of the season. That's the season. That's that's the season in a watch this. In a nutshell. Uh oh, very good. All right, let, let's talk about this. We we know that the, the Rangers have been very good on the road, not so great at home, but that's starting to balance out a little bit at this point. And the, and the book on the Astros is that they are extremely good at Minute Maid Park, extremely good, but terrible on the road. So with that in mind, how many games does each have left at home? Well, the Rangers after today will have an amazing 17 games at home and six on the road, three of which, three of which will be at Minute Maid, where the Rangers actually are 4-2 and two this year. Um, the Astros, on the other hand, will have nine at home and 13 on the road and let's point out that the Astros have been seven and four seven and 14 on the road since the all-star break and on top of all that I think it's worth also mentioning that as the Astros roll into Texas on Sunday night it will be at the end of a 10-game road trip 
that took them all across California, the Pacific time zone, and then they'll be heading back to uh, Arlington. And third city on 10-game road trips, it can wear you out, whether you're a reporter or a ball player. It just gets hard. Is it hard for you, Evan, on this on this road trip? Well, now that I'm much older, it's, it's very hard. Yeah, but pretty much everything's hard for you. But, of course, we have to – uh, qualify this. The Rangers have to survive this three-game series against the uh, Angels, where they're going up against, I believe, according to you, I read the paper today, two left-hander pitchers no one's ever heard of. And that's that's been their death knell this, the last couple of weeks, right? Um, they just haven't been great against lefties for most of the season. I, they did kind of stabilize in the middle of the year, but on the, over the last two weeks, as Delano DeShields has struggled a little bit, um, uh, and, and seemed to tire uh, against lefties and now is, is out for a couple of days. And really the fact that Adrian Beltre hasn't hit lefties this year like he has in his career, and most recently that Prince Fielder has really struggled um, uh, against any kinds of pitcher. Uh, it is um, uh, – they have not been very good against lefties of late. They should have – the shields back in the lineup and and you know the maybe the knee injury was a little bit of a blessing in disguise for him in that he probably could use a little bit of a mental break at this point in the longest season of his career uh and so he'll be fresh against the astros he loves to play the astros because he feels that this was a team that gave up on him they slighted him um and uh, but they've got they'll have two games next week against Scott Casimir and Dallas Keuchel, two guys who have been very good against them this year, very good against everybody. They'll have another game against Hector Santiago, who's pitched very well against them uh, when they do face the Angels in the last series of the year, and expect that when they go to Houston in in two weeks, they'll also have uh, more matchups against Keuchel and Casimir. So. That's five tough lefties right there in in their final twenty five games, and uh, you just can't afford to. You you've got to figure out a way to solve a couple of these guys. All right, let me ask you something. A, a far more scary question than any of these left handers is this: to me, is Prince Fielder having some of the same problems in his neck that he did in his last year in Detroit? Is that are we starting to see this again? I don't see. I don't think we're seeing neck problems. I don't see that because I, I, I'm not seeing treatment or anything like that. I'm not seeing any any signs of um, of that. I think, you know, the other day Jeff Bannister was talking about about Prince and and he he dropped this. He said, "I don't think there's any. I don't think he's physically tired, but I do get a sense that maybe he." Um, he's mentally worn down a little bit and I'm, I'm sure the Rangers would love to give him a day off. This is the time of year when it's really hard to give your number three hitter a day off though. And, and particularly with the shields out of the lineup and the fact that you don't have a productive left fielder to really turn to makes it all that much more difficult. Um, Prince did have, you know, he did have a hit last night. He had the Rangers only hit last night. Um, uh, and he's the, the bottom line on that is he's going to have to find a way to do something over the final three weeks of the season. I will say this, you know, he hasn't driven the ball for a while, um, but he is finding his way on base with some walks and keeping his on base percentage up and willing to hand the baton over. But 
what has been apparent all year, uh, and particularly since June when Adrian Beltre suffered that thumb injury, is that he has not been the same player this year. Beltre's numbers are way, way down in terms of producing runs and, and driving the ball. And Adrian has, as tough as he is, and I believe he's playing with a torn ligament in that thumb and has been since June, and I don't think we'll find out for sure about that until the end of the year. But as tough as he is, Adrian's got to find a way to be productive with runners in scoring position. All right, let me bring up a name. Let me bring up a name of a left-handed power hitter on this team, Joey Gallo. Uh, he performed pretty well. Why? Because did you see him play the other night? <laughs> do, do you, yes, he made contact. He had a home run, and he, and he hit the ball solid, that's, that's solidly at other at-bats. Do you think he will be part of this team's effort in the month of September? Well, Jim, right now, Jeff Bannister is looking at, at, at Joey as you know a left fielder with Josh Hamilton out against right-handed pitchers. Okay, um, I, it's going to be interesting to see. To me, and I know this is all going to be moot by the time people listen to this, but it's going to be interesting to me to see if he faces Felix today. Um, you've got you've got him to run out there against left-handed pitching. Um, you're going to see. I think you'll see Will Venable in center field today because the shield is out. And so I think you will see Gallo, and I think you'll see uh, the Rangers try to give Gallo some more opportunities because, just as you said, I mean, the bat is a threat. Even though he's striking out a ton and there are times when he looks overmatched, that bat is a threat. It's always going to be a threat in the bottom part of the lineup, and the Rangers need it right now. As we just we just mentioned, you know, Prince Fielder is not That's driving the ball right up. now. Adrian Beltre is not not driving the ball right now. Josh Hamilton is out of the lineup. Um, they they need some power threats, and he, Joey potentially produces that. I, I know it's frustrating for a lot of fans to watch him strike out a ton, but this is who he's always been and who he's always going to be. You hope the plate discipline just gets a little bit better and he can turn some of those strikeouts into walks, but the guy's going to strike out a lot. He's going to hit some balls. A long, long way. You know, uh, the thing about, be, about Joey, though. Uh, let me put it this way. Go ahead and keep ahead, talking, Evan. Go ahead and interrupt me. <laughs> go ahead and interrupt Evan, me. if I don't interrupt you, I, I'm, I'm going to keel over uh, in any second. Oh. Wow. Well, Kevin, you're liable to do that. In, anyway, <laughs> that's true. Thank you. He's getting very personal. Listen, the, the thing about Joey Gallo that, to me that looks different is when he when they first brought him back and they set him out there, he looked terrible at the plate, flailing at the plate. And I thought in the, in this series, he actually has looked like he he had more of a plan, more of a clue, like he did when he first came up uh, this summer. I, I, not only he hit I, the ball hard three times in the in that first uh, in the game in the first game in this series. And I think that was very impressive. And I thought even last night, I thought it looked at least like he w- he had a plan. It wasn't just going to swing at whatever they threw. Back to you, Mister. I Grant. actually think I actually think for the first you know the first two starts he had when he came back were both in San Diego. Looked awful that first day. Looked awful for most of the second day. But I think the the last at bat was better. And I think he's gotten um, progressively better uh, at the plate uh, over the course of this road trip. Um, but I think it's always going to be that, especially at this point in time, because the kid is so young and because he's so inexperienced and, and big league pitchers know how to move the ball and know how to detect holes in the swing and know where hitters are cheating. It, it, it's just going to be a constant game of, 
of, of kind of cat and mouse for him to figure out, you know, how do I cover this area of the zone and, and, and what do I need to do? And it's a lot to think about. Um, I, I, I think that, that the approach has simply gotten to a point where uh, he's looking, okay, I'm, I'm looking for one pitch in one zone and I'm going to try and hit it. And if that means a couple of called third strikes, it's going to mean a couple of called third strikes. But I, I think he has toned down the, uh, the aggressiveness just a little bit. All right, Evan, let's talk now a little bit more about this, uh, these matchups with the Astros. For all the talk about how well the Astros have played this year, and they certainly have played well, far beyond expectations, uh, why have the Rangers played so well against them? You know, that's a good question, Kevin. I don't know that I've got, I don't know that I've got a definitive answer because you look at, you look at the Astros and, you know, Keiko has pitched really, really well against the Rangers and, and by and large McHugh has pitched, has pitched pretty well against the Rangers, but this team has had some fortunate timing, I think, when they've caught the Astros. And, uh, you know, I, I, I do think that the Rangers have all season for some reason played kind of to the level of their competition. The Astros have been running, not running away with the division, but at the top of the division all year. And for some reason, the Rangers have, have stepped things up when they do face them. I, uh, I think right now going into this Astros series, I think the thing that gives you the most, um, the most confidence about this Rangers team is you look at what the Rangers will run out there next week. And I expect that they'll tweak the rotation over the weekend that Cole Hamels will be moved back a day, and that you'll see Cole Hamels, Derek Holland, and I'm not sure if they'll go with Martin Perez or if they'll, you know, because they move everybody back, they may be able to pitch Colby Lewis and Giovanni Gallardo in the rest of that series. But they'll go into that series with two fresh arms that the Houston Astros have not seen this year who are pitching really, really well. Uh, and, and, and that gives them a chance to kind of jump out to a good head start in the series and potentially ride it to a third win. And I, I think really that's what the Rangers need to do in, in Arlington is win three or four because it is going to be a week later when they go to Houston. It's going to be a very hostile environment. It's going to be, it's going to be tough to win down there. They're getting a tired Astros team right now that hasn't played well on the road. They've got to take full advantage of this four-game series. Okay, here we are, September 10th. I don't want to hear about expectations before the season. I don't want to hear what, what was going on in May and April. If the Rangers do not win the American League West right now, will it be a disappointing season? No. Knowing what you know right no. now. I'm sorry? Knowing what I know right now, they're, they're two games back of a very, very good team that's got, that's, that's got some really good pitching and has – Probably the American League Cy Young, probably, well, not probably, definitely the American League Rookie of the Year um, that has an outstanding second baseman and, and leadoff guy in Jose Alcube. They're chasing what has become a very good team them and put themselves we, but, in position. But we just what? talked about home games, road games, Rangers are home. They've, they've got an advantage, Barry, but let me, I don't know if you're aware of this. Possession <laughs> of first place is the is nine tenths of the law. The Astros have it. <laughs> oh, thank the you. Rangers have to come and take it. So you so you will not be to think it was an underachievement if this team at this point, September tenth, uh, does not win the ALS. I just wanted to go you to go no. on record on that. Okay. 
No, I and, and I'm not gonna. I'm also not gonna judge a, a season on the last twenty days either. I mean, that's. I think that's. I I, I think that that's silly to do. This is a team that that has overcome an awful lot this year and has put themselves in playoff position. When I, I again, nobody expected this team to to play into the first week of October. Um, but we're here now, and I think they will. Kevin, talk some sense into this into this fifty year old <laughs> old man. Would Would you be disappointed at this point? I think, well, I, I, if they're, they're two games out, right? Yeah. So they're two games out right now. I, I think to say that with, uh, wait, so there's 20 games to go. Is that what we're saying? 25? 20, 20 to 20 or 25? 25 games to go. 24. Tw- 24 games 23 to go. 23 after, after today. That you don't overtake this team that you have seven games against. Uh, I would have to say it was a, it would be a mild disappointment at this point. I think if they if they get would be a ter- if, a, if they're a wild mild. if it's a, if they're a wild card team, uh, then then I think that mitigates a lot. Of I that. think I read a brilliant column in the Dallas Morning News the other day on why this team needed to win the was division brilliant too, and, and and not be a wild card team. Have one game go in. Oh, there's no question about it. They they need to win the division. There's no question about that. Uh, and so and, that, and, and and I would tell you this. I would say. Right now, looking at how things match up, I'd rather not win the division. Because if you don't win the division, you get a one-game playoff against the Yankees right now in Yankee Stadium. I like my matchup against the Yankees because you'll have Cole Hamels on the mound. The Yankees don't have a number one. And while you're doing that, then you get a date with Kansas City who you match up if you win who you match up better against than the Toronto Blue Jays. I want to stay away from the Toronto Blue Jays as much as I possibly can. The Blue Jays crush left-handed pitching. Their lineup crushes left-handed pitching. And the Blue Jays have two tough left-handers at the top of the rotation. It is not a good matchup for the Rangers. I, I would agree with that, except for the fact that we recall a certain matchup with you, Darvish against Joe Rocketman Saunders, in which Joe Saunders outpitched you, Darvish. In a, in a wild card. I'll take my chances in one game. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I, I, see, I, I, I mean, won't. look, all things, all things considered, you'd rather win the division. You'd rather guarantee yourself a home game. But I, I think if you look back at last year's playoff, who were the two World Series teams? Look, yeah, absolutely. Wild card teams get to the, the, win the World Series all the time. It's more often than not that they're getting to the World Series. I don't think there's any and, question And, and those that. are the teams that are playing are, are usually playing the hottest at the end. Um, they've got momentum, and there's no time for them to kind of let a suffer an adrenaline let them. Are you, are you certain? Let me ask you this. Let's say it goes to the wild card. There's a playoff game. Are you certain you'd rather have Cole Hamels pitch than Derek Holland? Well, I uh, yeah, I I think I think honestly, right now, I think that you couldn't go wrong with either one of those two guys because they've both been outstanding here for the last month. Um. And you got Cole Hamels to pitch an elimination game. Um, the great thing about that is if you pitch Cole Hamels in that wild card game, because he'd be on perfect rest at that point, if you pitched Cole in that wild card game, you'd then have a pretty good pitcher to start game one of the ALDS, too. Or vice versa. All right, now let or me, vice versa, but I'm disagreeing with you, Barry. So all right, let, let's go over some. Oh, you're so disagreeable. Let's go over some predictions here. First of all, are so let's start with this one. Are the Rangers going to finish in first place? I believe the Texas Rangers will win the American League West. I think they are playing better than the Astros now, and I think that the home field advantage will make a difference over the final 23 games. Me too. 
I, I'll I, say the we, same. We agree on that. So, Barry Horn says, so, so we're, we're all saying they're going to win. Then we'll all be disappointed if they don't. Yeah. Back to me. <laughs> Back Thanks. to you. All right, second question. Second question. Will Jeff Bannister be the manager of the year in the American League? Well, I think it's going to come down to this. The winner of the American League West is going to end up with the manager of the year. Um, not I, I not Joe Girardi? No, I don't think Joe Girardi will, and I don't think Paul Molitor, who deserves some consideration, will. Um, both of these teams, these were two teams that won 70 and 67 games last year. They're both going to re- they're both going to see uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of a 20 game improvement over their previous year with rookie managers. In the Rangers' case, without having their number one and number two pitchers for the first four months of the year, in the Rangers' case, having gone through all of August without either their starting catcher or backup catcher. Um, right now, the Rangers don't have a 20 home run hitter. They've not led the league in any offensive category. You and and let's not even get into the nightmare that was the bullpen for the first four months of the year. I think this is an example here of Jeff Bannister doing a really good job keeping this team in the race. I think that game in Houston when he went out and got in AJ Hinch's face, uh, it was a perfect moment for him to just establish to this team that he had their back, that they could believe in him, and I think. Everybody saw the visual of his veins popping out and his his finger pointing at AJ, and I think that was I think it was a moment of impact for this club that that they said, okay, this is a new manager. We do really believe in him, uh, and this is and, and he has put this team in position to stalk down a team that's that, that's played very very well uh, all season and has had really some some very talented players. Have, have big, big seasons for them. Okay, before we get to the Astros, how important is it for the Rangers to win two out of three this weekend against the Angels? Yeah, I, I think that, you know, you've got Oakland coming in here. They are they are they're a last-place club. Uh, their bullpen is a complete and total disaster. I think you, uh, you don't have to face Sonny Gray at, uh, this weekend, which is the one thing that I'd be concerned about. Um, I think it's set up for the Rangers to to win the series. I think it would be a major disappointment to come home. Uh, you should have some decent crowds over the weekend. It, it'd be a major disappointment in the context of this season to lose two out of three going into the Houston series. Okay, you brought something up. Let me ask something real quick. Are the Ranger players cognizant that this team is, is playing so far under the radar here in Dallas, Fort Worth, that the crowds have not been good lately. Is there any talk about that? No, I and, and I, I, I think that players also understand um, that, that I, I think players understand basically the rule of thumb in that uh, you're not going to get thirty thousand in walk-up crowds. The Rangers have a season ticket base of about sixteen five. And you're just not going to get that kind of you, especially with where that stadium is located. There's no reason for people to like stay downtown and just go to a ballpark. It's hard to draw 30,000 people in walk-ups and fill that crowd. I expect that for the Houston series, there has been a good amount of advanced ticket sales. I expect that you will see good atmosphere and good crowds. 
but yeah, they've been under the radar, and I don't think that this team. Um, I, I think the way this season has developed, and, and, and as much turnover as the Rangers have had over this year, I still don't know if everybody in Dallas Fort Worth really buys that this team that this team is in the playoff hunt. And one more thing. I got an email today from a source. I don't want to say who, Evan. Uh, are you going to be working on TV uh, on Ranger Games this weekend? Um, yes, Barry. I don't know where you got that information, but um, I will be uh, – uh, Channel 21 has the Saturday game because of conflicts with college football on Fox, and so uh, – Graciously, the the folks at Channel Twenty One asked me if I would do the pre and post game show with Bill Jones, and for for kicks, I'm going to do the uh, in game sideline reporting gig. So that ought to be worth laughs. Will you, Will you be able to get a Gatorade shower during the game? I don't think I'm going to be able to do the walk off interview at the end of the game, but um, that will be my one regret. Let me ask you this, Evan. Are you going to have a plane flying overhead uh, today with a banner towing saying it's my birthday? Wish me happy birthday. I think he, yes. Now you um, ruined the surprise for everybody. Oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm sure Eric Nadell will make constant mention of this on the radio. Why would I Why would I do this in Seattle? The plane will be flying over downtown Dallas. <laughs> That's true. Evan, happy birthday. We've got to go. Uh, we'll, we'll talk to you again before your next birthday. I'm Barry okay. Horn. I'm Kevin Sherrington, and that was Evan Grant. And I'm 50-year-old Evan Grant. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.